Hello, this is Fabiola and Jane, and Richard Kern for Lady TV. And we're here at Fortnite Institute um, at Richard's exhibition, Polarized. And we're going to have a conversation about the show and why we're showing Richard. Hey, Richard, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that um, we wanted to talk about is why we decided to show your work, which is obviously controversial. Um, one of the topics that we wanted to talk to you about is the objectification of women. And now you have two women showing this work and kind of what that dynamic is like in terms of how you view it. Um, we, we love your work and we just wanted to show your work because we've been interested in what you've been doing for a long time. And when we opened the space, you were on our radar and things lined up and we just were like, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's show Richard Kern. Yeah, and, and because we're familiar with your work from the 80s through today, for us it was interesting to sort of look at everything you've been doing, which is more than one thing, and I think a lot of people think you only do one thing sometimes. So I think it was interesting for us to talk to you about your archives and what else you have and sort of um, show things, show work that shows that you're an artist. Yeah, and, and historicize just, it and, yeah. and go through your archives and, and position it in that way that you've been here for a long time doing something interesting. Um, anyway, that's, that's kind of how we came about thinking about showing with you what, why did you decide to kind of let us show go through your archives and release this for the first time? And why now? Uh, why did I decide? Yeah. Um, cause I like both of you and, uh, you had, a, you have a, a good program it seems from what I've seen. Um, And I like the way you approach the stuff. Actually, do you want me to answer this in the yeah the, like the art the, talk way or no? Just be your just way? be yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I you know I, I'd like to sh I wanted to show the stuff. So um, I didn't. You were asking about older material, and I realized I had just tons of these Polaroids, and that seemed like a great opportunity to show them. Plus, Larry Clark had had the show of um, not a show, but where he was selling, um, you know, his, his cheap prints. Yeah, he was but, with Leo Fitzpatrick selling yeah. Polaroids, $100. Yeah, not Polaroids, it was... Um, or just photos, It was right? the prints that you get when you sit on a roll of film and they give you two sets of prints and the negs back and then you pay like $7 from, you know, like from the drugstore. Uh -huh. And he had boxes of those things and... That was an interesting concept. They just put them in the boxes, and you could come in and buy one for a hundred dollars. Nothing signed. It's, you could get a print cheap, and they've done it. Um, Tokyo. They're doing it in Tokyo now. Done it in L.A. They've done it in a bunch of places. Not that we're going to do that, but anyway, I like that idea. I was like, oh, I've got all this old stuff. First, I looked for my old prints from the drugstore, but I'd thrown them all out. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I think um, what you're saying about it seemed right to do it here at Fortnite Institute, I think it goes with what we're interested in showing as well, which is the sort of less well-known side of an artist or whether it's someone who's been around for a while like Richard or someone who's new and upcoming. Um, and well, I it was well-known a long time ago. <laughs> I feel oh. I just forget. No, you're no. still well-known. You're still very well-known. I'm yeah. talking about the material. Oh, right. It was, oh, right. was known a long time ago. It's just like I show, had a show of 
six Polaroids at some gallery in the East Village 20 years ago. Right. Yeah, because I guess if you go on your Instagram now, the images are a continuation of what you see here, but this is kind of in a way somewhat broader perhaps because you have well, there's a lot of guys in this show yeah there's guys you guys pulled a lot of girls. guys out there's a cat there is <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, my uh, landscapes yeah you know things I never really pursue because like a land like a landscape out the window it just seems like something anybody can do and everybody does do so I don't really never really showed that stuff and you picked a lot of ugly people and you've sold some of the ugly people <laughs> but people that I didn't shoot you know the, I just had the casting photos and like this one mm-hmm. someone said who is this girl I think I did shoot her but who is this girl I really well I don't know if he knew she is was a girl, girl or yeah I think he, maybe he thought it was a guy because no um, it was a gay dude right. and he said um, I really like this person and he said can you tell me the story and I said I don't have a story I don't remember <laughs> I don't Unless it's on the back, you know. Oh, nope. So, anyway. But that's part of the, I think, for me, it was interesting to pick the, the, the guys and the not so, maybe not so attractive people or the landscapes is because it's less well-known, but also, you know, the, the views of the Twin Towers or of your street, you know, here in the East Village, or the cat even, you know, it's all just sort of shows that it goes with your whole underground vibe that you were sort of known for, I would say, you know, or like the, or like the Lydia Lunch photo of her with the red and all these girls that just look really powerful. Well, women that, was that, a, that was a film still kind of, a lot of, a lot of these color things were in, were stills from, not stills, but were shot while I was shooting a, a movie section and and like someone like Lydia, like when you, because you're photographing all these different types of people, some are models, some are random people, I'm guessing, or that you know better than others. Like some people come across so strong. Like someone like Lydia has such a commanding presence in a photo where other people kind of just look like, you know, hot girls. Like what do you, how do you kind of think about the people you're photographing and how they'll represent or how much of them kind of comes through in the photo versus how you want them to, to be presented? Well, Lydia, for example, a little bit too much comes through. You yeah. know, so I, I prefer people that aren't um, trying, yeah. you know, trying to project something. Although you get that all the time. Um, yeah, I prefer people that haven't really done much because mm-hmm. it just changes everything. Then it's more um, honest and kind of fresh and. <laughs> but also that's different because when you were working with Lydia, that was primarily 80s and 90s. That's so, right. I mean, it was also kind of a different time and you were involved in different, doing different kind of work. Um, so it's not, you're not really shooting like a Lydia Lunch type of girl now, but that was sort of... No, she's still the same. But that was, um, that was um, you know, I was trying to shoot more aggressive stuff or, you know, scary, scary um, stuff that was more like in your face but in a different way than just say, you know, a couple of girls standing around, a girl laying on a bed, you know, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's in your face in another way, like a less easily justifiable way. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, also for listeners who are not as familiar with your work, I think it might be nice to sort of um, just mention that we here in this show we have we go back to the 70s when you were a student at Chapel Hill and there's some of your slides when you were 
making sculpture. Um, and so we're trying to show sort of a little bit of your, you know, the chronological order of your, the evolution of your work. So from sculpture, then you moved to New York in the 80s and you were doing fanzines and, you know, you were part of the cinema of transgression and you were started to take photos. Can you just tell us a little bit of, about that as just for people who don't know? About all that stuff? Well, just a brief, <laughs> just quickly. Oh, just let me just sum it up. Okay. Um, no, I tried every, when you go to school and you're studying whatever, especially in art, you, um, or I, I did, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, you experiment with all kinds of techniques and they become part of your overall, um, your overall aesthetic, I guess. But um, the one thing I was trying to do, one thing I figured out really early is that you, um, you have to do something that no one's done. I mean, that's what they say in art, although that's become heavily mutated now into like just into different, you know, people uh, just looking for a gimmick, you know, and that's their thing, their gimmick or their, their medium within um, the art world, and they hope to become known for it. But anyway, all that stuff, and my main, or my main um, outlook at the beginning and throughout everything was if I was supposed to do an assignment, for example, I would uh, try to do everything that I could to still fit the requirements for the assignment, but not be what the teacher was asking for. But then they couldn't say you didn't do the assignment because all the elements would be there. It just wouldn't add up to what they defined as the um, assignment. So I, um, my shrink that I used to go to said I have a problem with authority, and I imagine that's still, that's still going on because I can make an excuse. I can make a case for every single photograph in here why it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> but I could also make the other case why it's not justified. Do you, do you think that issue with I've been an apologist for so long is Do you ridiculous. think that's like symptomatic of your generation of artists in New York that kind of lived here and, and went through like all the change socially, politically here? Because that, that seems, I mean, to be a common thread, right? Do you feel like yeah, it's I you? So. Or like think, you have issues, or it's your product of like your time? <laughs> I would say maybe I have issues. I mean, I probably do. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was of that time. There was you know it was there. But not just that time. Like you know, if you look at um, modern art in general, you know, you see a lot of. I mean, when the Dadaists got rediscovered you know, in the 50s or 60s, whenever it was. And, and, you know, all that stuff started getting done again, and that was all jokes, you know, it was all jokes from the beginning. So it's uh, operating within a system that you find ridiculous. Yeah. Also in the show, we should mention, there are some of films. Um, we have one of, never shown before, if, of drug busts across the street from Richard's apartment in 1988 on East Third Street. Um, and we have it here um, in a surveillance style display. Um, and I think it shows, you know, for us it was fun to show it because it relates to the East Village where we are currently located and what was happening at that time. Can you tell us a little bit more about the drug busts? 
Why were, were you, did you ever think they would be shown? Or? No, I, I, um, I didn't anticipate that I would ever be showing them. Um, I had a show at Marlboro that Leo Fitzpatrick organized, and that was a lot of other stuff that it, I never planned to show, you know. But, and in researching for that show, I found all this material that if it didn't have a girl in it, as soon as I started publishing books that had girls in them, um, anything that wasn't a girl, I just put it aside. But I did shoot a lot of other stuff. Um, but the drug busts were always fascinating because, you know, the East Village was a lot different. And, um, and I used to be a drug dealer. <laughs> so it was, I would see a lot of that stuff happen in um, my neighborhood. And I experienced it myself. Um, and they're similar great because you know they're kind of voyeuristic in a way, yeah. and kind of similar in a way to the cityscapes or that you have in the show of those Polaroids. Because you pick, you kind of when you look at them now, you're like, oh, I picture Richard Kern in his apartment, filming them, and looking and at I, these things. Well, and my my kitchen window looked out at the street where all yeah. the drug dealers were, so it was convenient. I also have tons of other weird voyeur stuff. I shot out my other windows, but uh, all kinds of stuff. So really obviously you made a decision, like you've shot a lot of different things and you made land art and sculpture in college. Like how did you decide to kind of narrow in on girls and, and, and why did you leave out the unattractive people? <laughs> well, some people say, like I did a, um, I tried to make money doing a, you know, a nudie website with this guy, and it wasn't very successful, and he said, your girls are too ugly. And I said, what? Like, you know, he said, you've got to shoot more beautiful girls. <laughs> I said, well, I'm just shooting whoever comes along. Um, but I, I started on the girl thing because um, I got approached to, right when I got off drugs in 88, someone um, approached me to do a book of photos, and... I realized I only had about 10, 15 good photos, so I started shooting a lot of people then, and I realized pretty quickly that, you know, girls would just take their clothes off, and then I thought that's going to be really fun, that would be really fun when I'm old to do this, and it is still really fun, and uh, but it has, I didn't anticipate well, nobody could anticipate the future, but I didn't anticipate how the political view of this stuff would, well, how it would be seen, you know, like... Uh, I mean, how do you think people see it? I uh, mean, they think it I'm a big pervert. Yeah. <laughs> but and I am. You are, right? <laughs> yeah. A pornographer. Yeah. You probably get a lot of that, right? You're probably saying you're a Well, at one time, women. you could say, I mean, I shot for Porno Max, you know, but it was the same stuff, you know, and I would just have to adapt. <clears throat> I would just have to adapt things to um, to fit in with the requirements of the magazine, and it was good money, but if I'm not mistaken, Maplethorpe shot for them. He shot for those mags, too. Um, Kerouac wrote for them. I mean, tons of people passed through those magazines. And it's... Uh, the porno business has been a, it was like a starting point or a haven for people that needed to make money for other things. Um, anyway, not apologizing for it, but I still had this certain attitude about it. <laughs> 
but you never were like oh I, my goal is to be a pornographer and you don't think of yourself as a pornographer no not really um because i know a lot of or i met when i was doing that i'd go to southern california and um, the valley there and i did one story for a hustler about i told him i wanted to shoot a bunch of porno agents you know the ones who find the girls and i went around to shooting all these agents that i i had met you know peripherally and it was so eye-opening you know um because one day I, I went, they said, this Jim South, that was um, this one world, one world modeling agency was like a really old, established porno agency. <clears throat> and they invited me to come to an open casting day when just girls were coming and all directors and all these people were there. And man, it was insane. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was just like room after room with like white dudes and naked girls posing for it, it was so weird. <laughs> um, I mean, what's, what's your casting process like now? Or mine when is you, just from Instagram. Or, is I it mean, you if they, somebody writes me, people? Or? No, they, <clears throat> it's usually people that reach out to me, but I just came back from shooting in California, and the people that were supposed to book the models didn't book two days. There were two days they didn't book. And the other three days were with models I already knew. So I had to, like, you know, hustle to, like, I just, but all I did was ask, you know, these other girls, hey, do you know anybody? Mm-hmm. Or ask girls I shot, and they came up with people really fast. But Would you say that 90% of the women that you shoot come to you? Yes. And why, yeah, do, you, easy. why do you think they want to be photographed by you? I don't know. Why do some of them not want to be photographed by me? <laughs> no, I'm speaking to... That was a joke, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I don't know why they come. That part gets edited. <laughs> why? <laughs> that part gets edited. Who are you referring to? Fabiola. <laughs> yeah. Fabiola. Wait, but you have already shot me. Yeah, Fabiola. For Lady, on TV. Lady TV. Yeah. Does that not count? Oh, because there's no... No, Fabiola uh, set up shoots with me several times oh, when she was younger see, and I then see. would back out at the last minute. <laughs> it's true. I always canceled on return. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So, at, why did you want to shoot with me? Why I didn't? Why did you? What recently? Let's just ask a model. Yeah, <laughs> let's ask a right model. Here. I'm definitely not a model, so you can't ask. Well, me. why were you asking to shoot with me? What for, lady? No, for before. Well, you asked me. I didn't ask you. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. John uh, McQuinney did. John, oh, I'm sure. John I would never was. ask somebody directly. <laughs> you know, John McQuinney said Fabiola wants to shoot with you. Oh, I said, that's okay, not, I can't believe that's not true. <laughs> he said, she's dying. No. <laughs> he was exaggerating. That's not true. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he did say you want to shoot. You I'm know, sure, I'm sure he said that. We're speaking ill of the dead. Sorry. I mean, this dynamic must play out a lot, right? Like, for example, there's, I won't mention her name, but there's a model who was shot and is part of the show who we're all friends with. And she was like, oh, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to be in it. Um, but not not in an angry way, like just in like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it. So, you know, she said it angrily to me, or maybe not to us. But maybe that shouldn't must, be in the I mean, Technically, of course, you have you know signed releases, like it's your work, like you have consent. But you know, when there's people who you're friends with and they change their mind or they get older and and things happen, how do you feel about that? Does that affect you? I mean, perhaps it not. It depends on still, the still, relationship with the person right. on, on um, what I do about it. But yeah. 
generally these days that rarely happens because I don't like if it's a friend of mine or somebody I've become friends with and they want it want something stopped mm-hmm. I'll stop it but um that really doesn't happen because I and I respect the people who have done it and gone on to do much greater things and they could care less you know mm-hmm. um but it's such a little thing you know like people blow it up in their head more than more than it is yeah because people just forget shit you know as you know we're saying about these being never before seen and they have been seen you know they were seen by another generation almost two generations ago Mm -hmm. but um i did a lot of people shot a lot of photos of me that are fucking really embarrassing (laughs) and um there's a few photos i can't complain in this exhibition yeah, yeah, but there was, boy, there was, uh, I had a gallery say, I was in Basel and I saw a photo of you getting a blowjob, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, laying naked and this girl giving you a blowjob, and I was like, whoa. But there's worse, way worse than that out there. <laughs> so you, you feel know? like you're on both ends of it, like you Yeah, have, I can't really complain yeah. if, if uh, but yeah, it just depends on the person, like there was a girl in the last well in shot by current that book and the day that i got the book i got this legal sounding letter from her saying that she was 19 when she did it and she was like 20 now and um she was going through a hard time when she did all that and would i please and she, would i please remove you know all photos and I said, I can't, you're already in the book, you know, and um, I just won't use them in a future book if you want. But the only reason I did that is because it's like a super legal sounding letter and I knew her dad was like a general a general or something in the military and he was also a big military lawyer. And I was thinking, yeah, whatever you say, you know, it's, it's like that. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was a little concerned because I didn't know like where all these people are and we have the video in addition to the surveillance video, we have a video in the back, which is all these, you know, footage from your shoots of models, just kind of talking to you, all the things that happened between, you know, the shoots. And like, I don't know, you just, we didn't, we didn't, we we didn't really know what we were taking on either, but nothing's really come up too much. I mean, there's nothing anybody can do. And most people are, you know, happy to see their youth come up again. Although I've heard other people say, you know, in similar circumstances about other things that, you know, it'd be great if I was seeing this about someone else, but seeing it as me, you know, it feels kind of funny. Mm-hmm. There's one girl I'm, who's in town this weekend who's a big artist, and she's going to come see the show, and she's got some really funny stuff in there, and I'm <laughs> dying to see what she says. She's just going to say, oh, that's really funny. I can't believe I'm doing that, you know, but she probably remembers it all. Yeah. But it's historical. It's exciting Yeah. to be in that. I mean, also what I... What I, I don't know if you're going to like me saying this, but one thing I like about the video is that um, in it, you're... Creepy. <laughs> no, the women in the video overpower you. Oh, like, yeah. And they're the ones that sort of take center stage and they're confident and they're, you know, you're very sort of quiet and shy and, you, you know, you're behind the camera most of the time. Um, and I, I like that these women are, you know, you, their personalities come through. Something that you might not 
sort of tell from a photograph sort of to see them in between shoots and see them be kind of in control yeah. of you in a way <laughs> yeah it's not like uh it's not like i'm uh, david hemmings and blow up and right. you know i'm like ordering him around and standing over him well i do stand over him but not like i'm you know shouting orders and they're like meekly obeying <laughs> you know it's right. not like that at all that's the funny part um but that's why that video is cool to see because you don't, you, unless you see that, you can't really tell. If, if someone doesn't know you or hasn't worked with you, they wouldn't know what you're, you're like when working with. Yeah. So. Well, I, th I thought everybody was like that. And I mean, I think most, there's a miscon, not a complete misconception, but there is, you know, a lot of photographers work that way. And then there's a lot that work the other way. But I talk to a lot of girls that model and they say they've, you know, they'll have one or two bad experiences and the rest are everybody's super nice, you know, just. Um, and even in the porno biz, you know, I know a ton of guys that still shoot, if there is a business anymore, that shoot n naked girls, mm -hmm. you know. And they're all just like, you know, completely respectful because you won't be working long if you're not, <laughs> you yeah. know. What about this? Unless you're just trying to work with super crazy drug addicts, right. you know. Well, what about this topic of object objectification? Ah, Does that come what up? About it? <laughs> do women tell you that, or what kind of, or how do you feel about it? I mean, do you feel like you're objectifying women? Or? Photography is like super right. objectifying media. Exactly. Like yeah, just right. by its nature. Right. And then I think people forget that you are unaware that you're like a white guy somehow. Yeah. Like that, you don't I, know. I forget. No, I that people do. That, that <laughs> you know, like the I didn't used to think about. I don't it, know. I, I think people are, are so like the culture on Instagram now. Like yeah. Mark Jacobs did his fashion show and he had like dreadlocks on his model, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're a white guy, fashion designer putting dreadlocks." And it's like, do you think like Mark Jacobs isn't aware of those kind of dynamics? I think that so many artists and creative yeah. people are more aware than maybe a consumer is of of the dynamics at play mm -hmm. when, when creating something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, um, there's, <laughs> there's like too much, uh, there's the ability to jump on, there's people looking for a reason to jump on anything, you know, and be the one who notices something and complain about it. Um, and a lot of so a lot of stuff gets gets misdirected criticism, but a lot of stuff gets criticism that's dead on, you know. But um, that's just the nature of things now. But the objectification that, yeah, I, I mean, I can see it easy. I can see guys being objectified just as easily too. Looking mm -hmm. at it, um, but. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at posts I'm going to do on Instagram, and believe me, I'm thinking about it every fucking time. Like, there's one I know that's just a great shot, and if it was two years ago, I would have just posted it because it's funny. But I know I'll get instantly, it'll get deleted, and people will jump on me for it, you know? And I'm aware of all this stuff I can't post, you know, um, just because of the way... You know, the way that it's really toned things down. Or maybe I'm changing, I don't know. Um, I mean, you got that, that letter you posted yeah. from this guy in Germany, this Christian Yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't complaining about objectification. He was just, you know, he was just that saying I'm going, going to, to hell. hell. 
yeah. I thought the tone of his letter was interesting because it was very genuine and he really wanted to meet you in heaven. He wasn't angry so much as he was like, maybe... Yeah, he had a good Like There was like a genuine concern. Yeah. I mean, although it mis guided perhaps and inappropriate and crazy but no, it, not wasn't really. like, I mean, it wasn't like this angry like letter it was like oh maybe we can be together and things will be okay in life yeah. <laughs> which i thought was kind of sweet <laughs> and a very <laughs> i thought it was kind of a sweet letter no it was it was and um but i've gotten really bad ones too but that one was good and i said thank you when i posted it but then again i had to take it down because as soon as i put it up these people you know, it started this religious debate, and there's lots of Jesus freaks that follow me because they, they write stuff I don't post and say, like, you know, they write all kinds of stuff, and they're the ones that are, you know, reporting you. <laughs> so as soon as I posted that letter, I started getting a lot of photos reported, so I had to take it down. It's just, you know, I don't know, it's a big game. But when you, you, you told us um, while we were organizing your show that, Oftentimes, and I know this might seem shocking to some people, I guess, but you say that you've said that when you take photos of a girl, you're not thinking that you're taking this photo so some guy can jerk off. Yes. So, <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was just photos of you, Fabiola. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to make any jokes. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm not thinking about that. And any, even any, um, well. <laughs> I mean, what are you thinking when you're taking? I'm thinking this looks good. You yeah. Know? I'm thinking. Aesthetics. Um, you're usually shooting in the way people shoot now or I shoot is you're shooting like 15 shots and then you finally see, oh, oh there it is, you know, right. finally. And, um. But now I'm shooting a lot of stuff with clothes on. It fucking sucks. <clears throat> but I, I mean, because I'm feeling so weird about shooting people with no clothes on. Um, I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do with this, you know? Um, it's just going to be seen as more, like, gratuitous nudity, um, which I don't mind. And I look at. I like looking at gratuitous nudity. Uh, I love it in movies and stuff. But, um, you know, it's just not acceptable, you know, it's like we're going through the 80s. Well, I was, it's funny you say that because I was just going to ask you, would you say that you, you get more shit for the stuff you do now? Or you got, or more, was there more freedom somehow when you were doing that work in the 80s, photos and videos as opposed to Well, now? there was a different kind of... Um, different kind of censorship? It was more against the, um, the attacks on... I mean, I had this real, really negative, violent kind of... Um, attitude in the movies like like fingered got attacked right side of my brain got attacked all the time but finger those two and it's because of you know Lydia's a lot of it uh, just her really you know people didn't like the aggression or they didn't understand it and the medium was grainy and um, the films were badly made and it just seemed you could see the same stuff in regular movies but the fact that it seem more real because it was kind of underground really bothered people and they found it threatening but none of this stuff is threatening you know is 
I love Finger. I think that's yeah. great. <laughs> I also love that one. And also Jane and I spent the weekend upstate and yeah, we, we, we watched them. Um, we, we were watching You Killed Me first, I think. Yeah, first. Was, yeah. And we were talking about, we were talking about how that is quite a feminist movie. Yeah, that's a very acceptable movie. You know, very yeah. down with the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. Like to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's kind of my old way, but... And David Wojnarowicz is such a fantastic actor in yeah. your film. His face expressions well, are... Well, it's funny because I get... For every person that says he's great, I get, you know, he is the worst, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. But all that stuff... Um, <clears throat> it, the one thing I'll say honestly is that in a lot of the nude photography, the jokes were at the expense of the model. You know, I'm shooting something that where the model could be laughed at. You know, because it's a funny shot, but you're laughing at the person in the photograph. If it's a man or woman, you know, the Bruce the Bruce photos, I don't think they're in here of him with a big candle up his ass. You're going to laugh at it, you know. But are you laughing at the person, the situation, or what, you know? And I, back to Instagram again, I posted these, the, this photo, This I, I did this shoot of this mother and daughter that... Um, they were from Florida. They lived in a trailer park. You know, the mom's like 50 and the daughter's like 35. Does that work out? No, maybe she was like 60. I don't know, but humongous boobs, tattoos all over them. And I shot them for Jugs magazine. But, you know, I shot them and the magazine would always complain like you're making, like people are supposed to be able to masturbate to this, not laugh. You're not supposed, this isn't a comedy, you know. You're supposed to be like sexy, and I say, well, I can't help it. But um, anyway, so I published one of those on Instagram, and that you can't see anything. Instantly, it's reported, and it's like, why is it reported? Is it because they're fat? You know, I don't think of them in a bad way. You know, um, is it because they got tattoos? Is it because I don't know if I said mother and daughter or not, but. <clears throat> Anyway, it didn't, like, it offended someone, so, so it's uh, reported. And what's, what offends people is that they're not beautiful. <laughs> That's what offends people That's when you get down to it. That's what's offensive to people. These people aren't beautiful, so I'm reporting it, you know. Um, they don't fit into my ideals of what's beautiful, so therefore it is not good nudity you know and they they weren't nude completely. do you think it's also because they're not beautiful that we are all laughing at them like yeah yeah well that's what that if that's they're what not beautiful think. you're a joke kind of yeah because there's know. another girl who i really like and she was fat and i shot her a million times actually every time i post somebody who's even the slightly slightest bit overweight i get you know you're making fun of fat people you know mm-hmm. And I'm not making fun of them at all. I, on the other hand, I get all these people that say, you just shoot skinny white girls. And I say, look down the list. I mean, look what's published. You know, there is a bunch in there, but there's also anything else I publish gets fucking kicked off, you know. And it's just because people define uh, beauty as skinny young girls. That's, I don't know. And, and boys. Yeah. Is that what you said? Well, and white. Yeah. No, well, no, yeah, it's less so now for sure. In fact, they see that as a kind of, um, well, people think it's only white girls on there, Mm -hmm. but I shoot everybody, you know, 
That's if anything, I'm less likely to shoot a white girl than any anything else. And you have been for some time. I mean, these yeah. are photos from the 80s and 90s, and you can tell there's every type. Yeah, but there's there's definitely a there's lot of a white lot of girls, white girls though. Yeah. You're quite the polarizing figure, Richard. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, I'm shooting who asked me to shoot. I'm not soliciting. So. Well, I'm sure at this point you're used to getting shit no matter what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, for us, you know. But I understand it. Right. For us, it was interesting putting the show because we, we were expecting haters. We were sort of expecting people to be like, how can you call yourselves feminist and do this and that and show someone like Richard Kern? Um, and I think it was, that sort of made it a fun thing for us to do because it's a it's a conversation that will never go away and it's and it's not there's no like final answer like you know this is uh, there's no black and white there's no final answer you know there uh, no final solution <laughs> um but i think it's as simple as it is it's because we yeah. like your work i mean i was also saying a fabula you can be a feminist and like kern but you can also be sexist and like him too you know you can bring whoever you are to the to the photos and read them that way, mm-hmm. which is why so they're complicated so. and interesting, and that, to me at least, because yeah. they're not like anti something or for something. Right. Well, well it's not, that was yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to share with you guys, because um, and the same for um, another gallery I'm working with. Um, they said we just have to reposition you, you know, but I don't know. I mean, that's sort of what we were. I mean. We also, I mean, that's a little bit of our agenda as well, was to sort of reposition you and sort of show that you're not just this guy who does the sexy girl photos, you know, but that you, you, you there's many layers to the Richard Kern that people think they know, and that you're an, an important artist in New York. Well, I was the misogynist, um, the misogynist, um, misanthropic filmmaker. You know. no, who wrote that? No, it's just what... People, I'd meet people, and I've I've uh, fallen to this too, where you see their stuff, and then you think there's going to be one way, and then you meet them, and they're like uh, completely different, you know. Just and it's all showbiz, I guess. Um. I think um, that's it. Yay! Good. Uh, thanks, Richard. Yeah, thanks sure. for talking to us. Everything was a lie. <laughs>